0: Hey there, Crosswinds family and friends. Welcome to Crosswinds Unleashed. Each week, we're dedicated to bringing the best stories and biblical life principles from authentic believers. Our podcast breaks down the Christian life through interviews and practical instruction in what we hope will be a fun and accessible way. I'm Craig Cooper, the host of this podcast and lead pastor of Crosswinds Church. Let me give a special shout out to our producer, Elijah Merrill, and our assistant producer, Sheldon Boyce. All that is good about this podcast is because of them. Anything else, I'll take full responsibility. But if you want to learn more about this podcast or anything Crosswinds-related, head on over to our website at crosswinds.church. I'm excited this week to have someone who's certainly familiar to our podcast audience, uh, Betty Ryan, who is our executive pastor on staff, also leads the Celebrate Recovery Ministry here at Crosswinds, is with me in studio. Betty, it's great to have you with us again.
1: It's good to be here today.
0: If you were able to listen to last week's episode, you'll know that we spoke with uh, Mia Inger and Fallon Kibby. Uh, Kibby, Kibbe, Kibbe. I'm going to massacre that name many times. Uh, Fallon Kibbe, uh, they are students at uh, Victor High School here in our area, and uh, they spoke about some of the challenges um, they face as Christians in high school. And, and so we understand that um, even here in the States that that we could use the word persecution, but as we'll find um, in this episode, as we really look at the persecuted church throughout the world, uh, maybe I would prefer to say we're challenged here in the States and uh, where our brothers and sisters in Christ are facing uh, persecution, at least I would say on a whole different level uh, than many of us will, will ever experience. In fact, I don't think it's too far to say that the persecution of Christians is one of the human rights issues of our era In fact, last year alone, it's been estimated that there are over 360 million Christians that live in areas where the persecution is quite significant. Uh, And I was thinking about that 360 million, Betty. And, you know, uh, our last census of of 2020 uh, has America at like uh, 320 million. And so that means uh, larger in the population of our very own country, throughout the world, are Christians who are in significantly persecuted areas. And that doesn't even count those who are still being persecuted, um, but aren't in areas that are sort of on on a on a watch list, if you will, countries where where the persecution we're talking about people who are are, are being uh, their homes are being destroyed, they're being killed, um, young girls are, are being uh, uh, swept away, uh, kidnapped, and uh, forced to marry others. I mean, it, it's just. Uh, uh, tragic to think about what's happening to our brothers and sisters in Christ throughout the world. And I know you've done some research, been reading about it too, but, you know, I just think that that statistic of th- over 360 million um, brothers and sisters in Christ throughout the world in significantly persecuted areas um, is is a very sobering statistic for me.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because one, as I looked at that a little bit, one statistic I read said one in seven. And, you know, that That was just overwhelming to me when I think about some of the freedoms that we do still hold dear here in um, our country, uh, but yet to consider some of the things that are happening outside that I feel like sometimes, uh, and I say this, um, well, sometimes we think out of sight, out of mind, and it's unfortunate that we think that way, so I think it's important Um, Craig, and you've guided the staff in this a bit, is to be paying attention to the things that are happening, not only outside our own community, as we desire to reach into other communities, but outside um, our country, you know, in other places.
0: Yeah, you know, if you look at, for instance, Open Doors does a watch list every year, and you look at the five top countries Four of them are not surprising, uh, but, but the fifth is, is very surprising to me. When I say top countries, I mean, that's not the list you want to be on the top of the list for. I mean, top countries that are persecuting Christians right now, today. You know, you have Burkina Faso. Um, which of course is in Africa, Nigeria, which is in Africa. You have Afghanistan, which is in the Middle East, uh, North Korea, of course, in Asia. Um, but the fifth one, which is really a ally of ours and, and a very strong uh, business partner, if you will, um, to many of our companies have have uh, plants there and and so forth and so on, is India. Mm-hmm. Uh, India is you know the fifth on the list, which means you know the fifth highest right uh, persecutor of Christians in the world. Um, a country that has persecution laws on the book—in other words, it's—it's—you have a freedom of religion and so forth and so on. It's just not enforced, and, and you find murders—you uh, know, people who are um, stri- very badly beaten, uh, houses burned, churches burned—in um, India. And, and you know, if, when we think of India, we do—we think of an ally, but we, as believers, they're certainly not an ally to our faith. And the idea of freedom of religion, which we in America get to uh, get to be able to, to express, you know? And so that that to me was a shocking to realize they were number five on that list.
1: I think what amazes me there is the fear that's created and the power that fear has, right? So when that fear begins to take over and you watch a loved one be carried away, or you watch a loved one, um, you know, to the extreme be life's their life taken right in front of you, uh, the fear that that creates within you and how it oppresses you, right? And so that it makes it difficult for you to speak out, for you to speak out yourself.
0: Yeah. And and, and the, the reality of it is, you know, I was thinking about what, what can we do? You know, we're, we're here in the States. Many of us, number one, can't go to some of these countries. Um, and if we could, what would we do if we were there? Uh, there are some things we can do. We'll talk about that in a minute. But, you know, the first thing we can do that's significant, and unfortunately, because of our culture, it's been downplayed. Uh, you know, a tragedy will happen, and people say, well, we, I'm praying. My, my thoughts and prayers are with you. And people say, we got to do more than thoughts and prayers. But the reality of it is we probably shouldn't do anything until we pray. And so prayer, prayer, you know, in Scripture moves mountains, right? And and so prayer is a very significant way we can partner with our brothers and sisters in these persecuted areas. And a way that I do that is I actually have three apps um, that I have on my phone that I use regularly. Um, the Voice of the Martyrs is one of them. Um, I have uh, been associated with them now for goodness, uh, thirty plus years. Uh, it, it's an amazing ministry to the persecuted church in the world. Um, that's the Voice of the Martyrs. And then there's Open Doors. Um, I haven't been uh, connected with them quite as long as the Voice of the Martyrs, but almost as long. They've been doing a work with our persecuted brothers and sisters throughout the world. Um, what I love about their app is uh, not only do they give you sort of individual prayer requests um, for individuals in certain countries who have been persecuted, but if you choose to, you can actually send a prayer back. And Open Doors will do their best to make sure they have a list of their prayers from all people over the world who are praying for these individuals who are going through um, deep uh, persecution wherever they find themselves. And then the third one is the Joshua Project, and they have an unreached um, of the day. And so the Joshua Project doesn't focus, per se, on the the persecuted church. It focuses more on the unreached peoples of the world who have yet to receive the gospel. Um, But... Not surprising, many of those peoples are in highly persecuted countries, and so where freedom of religion isn't isn't allowed, where missionaries aren't allowed, where you know um, where yeah it, it, it's extremely difficult to get the gospel to these people, and so uh, I love those three apps: the Voice of the Martyrs, Open Doors, and the Joshua Project. And you know each one sort of covers something different. Voice of the Martyrs sort of gives a an overview of a country. Open Doors gives you an idea of, of, of an individual family or a church or um, who's going through it. And of course, the Joshua Project, with an unreached of the day, um, always challenges me. Um, and when you think of India, so it's no surprise that, that if, you, if you do uh, use the Joshua Project app, um, that you're in India a lot um, because there's so many people groups in India, and so many haven't received the gospel, and a lot of it falls line in line with the persecution that's happening in that country.
1: So with each of these different areas, I think specifically of the Joshua Project, what I'm amazed at that you've learned and that you've come back and shared is that we're praying for individual people.
0: Yeah, Open Doors. Open Doors yeah, is for absolutely, the absolutely, absolutely, which is a great app for that.
1: So I think what that tells us is there are people out there. Yes. There are people who are, um, with their entire lives, invested in sharing this gospel message and uh, recognizing the call on their life to do that, and how God is protecting protecting them, it's not just we're not just seeing these things and assuming there are feet on the ground in these places, and that amazes me.
0: Yes, in fact, you know, like I said, one of the things we can do is pray, and prayer prayer is significant. Um, but we can also support ministries like Voice of the Martyrs and Open Doors. Uh, you know, I, I think I shared before we even. Aired that started recording this podcast, that, you know, for instance, Voices of the Martyrs is one that I have contributed to um, because I know they're doing a work and they're a trusted ministry doing a work with those who are persecuted. And so that's, that is another way that we can actually um, help people, uh, our brothers and sisters in Christ elsewhere who are being persecuted, is by supporting those who are on the ground, who are able to do a work that, that we can't do. Of course, we could go. Um, Short-term mission trips is is a possibility in some countries. So not all countries are closed to the gospel. Um, There are mission trips, short-term mission trips to go to places like Cuba, uh, India. You know, so there are places where the persecuted church um, is uh, is certainly um, accessible to us. And in some ways, you know, some people say, well, isn't that extremely dangerous? Well, in some countries, yes. In some, we have an availability as Westerners coming into a country like India where they don't want an international incident. And so, you know, we come into a place, we can encourage brothers and sisters in Christ and bring a little bit of safety for a short period of time, not in all parts of India, but in some parts of India. I think of a professor of mine from from seminary, from graduate school, who went to Singapore and while he was there, he he helped train some church leaders there. Then went over to Taiwan and, and did uh, some church training there. Well, in each of the areas, there were people who came in from some other countries, um, sort of uh, under business uh you know was what they would say on their on their visas or whatever uh, but they came in to be a part of that training and so he was able to come to a country that was that was safe if you will for 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 such training and others came from other areas to to be trained and of course the interesting thing is, with that is you know you, you may have a room full of 20 people but they're going to go back and they're going to train a ton more uh you know that that's that's their mission and um to think of of the church and and how it's you know, how it's um, moving in these countries. Some places, you know, as some people say, where well, does persecution to church blossoms? No, some, t- some places it's stamped out. It's not, it's not always that way. I mean, if you kill all the Christians, there is no witness. Um, but there are other areas where you just see this blossoming. You know, for instance, the fastest growing church in the world right now is in Iran. And, and you cannot proselytize, you can't share Christ to people who aren't already Christian in Iran. Well, obviously, the Christians don't care. They're doing it or the church wouldn't be growing. And so it is interesting to see what God's doing throughout the world in spite of the persecution that's being faced um, today.
1: Which reminds me that uh, if that's what you're called to do, or if you, if your heart is stirred as you even listen to this uh, podcast and you desire to help in a certain way, to be reminded of what God will do with that.
0: Absolutely. And so we can pray. We can, we can go on a short term missions trip. Now again, that's limited, right? Where we can actually go. Although I do have a um, an acquaintance who his wife is in the military, and he actually makes contact with local believers through the military. I can't use his name because that would, yes. would 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 cause some issues. Uh, but you know, we ha- we are present more places than we probably know we're present. And we're even present in some places that we would call allies. India, for instance, a place we call an ally. We're present, um, but they're no ally to the faith. And so to see what what he um, has birthed out, uh, my goodness, 20 years ago, um, this was on his heart, is is quite amazing. And and I would say, you know, besides, you know, prayer and and short-term missions, of course, we talked about financially supporting. One of the things we can really do is raise awareness. I don't, you know, this podcast is about that right now. You know, we're raising awareness. We're we're saying, look, this this is significant. You know, over 360 million who are in in areas that are being significantly persecuted. What that, mean, that means there's more than that who are being persecuted. Um, that that's not a number to sneeze at, I mean, that, That's a that's a large number of our brothers and sisters in Christ. And so, letting people know that, like our friends, co-workers, schoolmates, you know, uh, but also uh, to write letters to our our congressmen and our senators and You know, and I've been active in doing that too, especially if I hear that we're doing a work with a certain country, I'll fire out a letter or an email. Actually, I don't send many letters these days, emails. Send out an email and just simply say, hey, are you aware, you know, respectfully, but are you aware that that this country, you know, treats, uh, doesn't have freedom of religion and um, uh, this is the type of persecution that's happening there. Companies the same way. We'll hear companies, uh, you know. Again, I keep picking on India, but I could, I could say China too. Think of how many things we in the U.S. get from China, and and China not only persecutes Christians, they persecute people who have faith. Period. You know, um, you know. There's Muslim groups in, in China. There, there's there's um, animists in China who who they too are, are persecuted just because they have a faith in something. Um, and so, you know, and yet we do all this uh, commerce uh, between these countries and, you know, there, there's a little bit of um, negotiation that could happen with these things, but we don't see it happen because unfortunately, um, our culture is more concerned with probably well-priced whatever than, um, than influencing people's lives. Uh, you know, I... Hate to be that blunt, but I can't think of any other reason why we don't take a stand for for human rights elsewhere.
1: You know, I think you mentioned a great point, and we sometimes think about contacting, um, you know, the people in government and some of those people who represent us, but companies are a big deal. And I have seen some people in my own circles decide not to do shopping at a particular place or um, go elsewhere for a particular need or go without something that maybe they think they realize they really don't need, Um, but speaking out about it.
0: Yeah, because that's a challenge too. You know, I'm not a if someone wants to boycott that. That's between them and the Lord, and I'm not calling for a boycott. Because I also know that, that that there's challenges there too. That you know, some of the people, if you, you boycott a company, they close a factory, or and all of a sudden, we did that in like the I think it was the early mid '90s with Walmart with the work they were doing in Honduras.
1: Mm, okay, and
0: then all of a sudden, um, the, the the poverty rate in Honduras dropped dramatically. And uh, and the reason was because these factories left and now they have no jobs. Mm. So it, I get it. It is not a easy answer, I, I, you know. But but I think you know those countries want this business, and so they do have negotiating power. And I think that's where I would encourage the, uh, the companies, if you will. Um, in these countries, to to care enough about people, you know, it's real popular these days for companies to say, "Oh, we care about the environment, and we care about people, and we care," but but you know, when you look into them, not so much. Mm-hmm. Not all of them. I'm I'm not you know I'm not trying to put them all. That's a blanket statement. And that's not good. But but if you look company company, that's just not entirely true.
1: I think what you're, what you're talking about here is raising awareness, which is yeah. what you said again and again. And it's not picking on a particular company or a particular no. area, but it's helping the people to understand what is really happening out there and not turning that blind eye to people who are being persecuted, your brothers and sisters in Christ who are doing an amazing work when you think about – uh, some of the uh, areas that you've expressed where the church is growing. Yes. And yet, how, how could we even possibly imagine that happening? Because we look at it from the outside and we don't see what's happening inside. And and when the people are there, uh, having those individual conversations and watching people's heart turn around.
0: And, and I think too, you know, becoming aware of it may surprise some people to find out that well, you may not agree with a political figure on certain things. Mm-hmm. This may be an issue close to their heart. I mean, they're, they're across the aisle, independence. I mean there are there are people who are serving, especially at the federal level, who are raising awareness to this. And there are allies that probably wouldn't be allies on many other things, but do care about this. Um, and, and so you know, I'm, I'm a big believer that I will um, respectfully disagree with those in, you know in authority. Uh, I'm talking government now, mm-hmm. who um, I don't agree with, and and I certainly have done my my uh, my amount of emails that go to those individuals. But I also will send the same type of email to someone who's done something good. Mm. And, and I think that's important, too, that, that we raise our voice and say, hey, look, you know, I remember one time I was real honest in, in one of the emails I sent to a particular senator. And I said, look, we probably don't agree on much of anything. Um, and I'm sure you get you know both good and bad emails. My guess is most people probably get more bad than good. People are like, well, I agree with that person, so why encourage them? You know, you just don't think about it. But when you have a problem, that's usually when you send the an email. And I said, you know, they had taken a stand. I can't remember what it was, but but I remember just sending and saying, hey, thank you for doing that. That's something that's close to my heart too. And and so we want to make sure we're when we say raising awareness that we do thank those people, even those who we may not agree with on much of else, first for standing up for. For for human rights, for 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 especially our, our brothers and sisters in Christ, because in scripture, throughout scripture, we're called right to to um, be there for those brothers and sisters in Christ who who need us, that they don't have to stand alone and let them know. That's where open doors again. You were talking about. I love that because they know you're not alone. Even though I'm in the states, I'm praying for you. I care. You matter.
1: And it and it is very powerful. So. You know, in considering this podcast today, I was reading Second Timothy. You know, and there's so many things that he shares in the Word right there. And one of them, if I can just share, it, is uh, chapter four, verse five, where he says, "As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, and fulfill your ministry." Yeah. And that's you know, those are tr- those are true hard words when you think about what's happening in some of these places.
0: Yeah, and, and I, I, you know, I have to admit, one one of the benefits for me too, just just personally. Okay, and, and, and um, I didn't really, I didn't intend it. So when I started to use these apps, and even before the apps there were newsletters, you know, back in the day, some of you remember pre-apps, um, you know, and I'd pray over these things, all of a sudden I started to put things in perspective. You know, I would have a tough day of ministry, and I think, man, that was a tough day. Or maybe I faced some opposition. You know, was something that, that I felt like God was calling us to do, and some people were criticizing. I thought, man, that was, that was a tough day. And, and, um, and all of a sudden, though, when I compare it to brothers and sisters in Christ, I go, okay, that was challenging, um, but that wasn't persecution. And again, I'm not saying there aren't people in this country who aren't persecuted for their faith. There are. And, and certainly there are challenges to our faith, but it puts it in perspective. And it doesn't mean that I don't go to the Lord and say this was a tough day. That that's not what I mean. But I go to the Lord and I say, look, that was a tough day, but I'm reminded of those who have had much tougher today, mm-hmm. you know, who are brothers and sisters in Christ who, you know, I think about that when we come to to worship every Sunday here at Crosswinds um, as I'm driving here. Usually, there's a pe- people group that sort of comes to mind from one of the apps, and I'm thinking, you know, they're gathering too, and, and some of them, of course, time and all that. We get that, right? They're 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 not be gathering right when we are, or whatever. Um, and they could even be gathering that, you know, time wise, a whole whole different day. Sure. Um, but but they're gathering to worship, and what they had to step out in faith. I'll, I probably, Lord willing, will never have to. Mm. Like I had to get out of bed. Maybe even drive through some difficult weather. Maybe I got a little wet on the way in, had to watch it on the ice or whatever. Um, maybe I gave a message and someone came up and criticized it a little bit and said, Hey, you know, that went out great. Whatever. But but at the end of the day, my life wasn't in jeopardy, my family's life wasn't in jeopardy that, you know, and we have had that here in this country. I mean, sure. don't get me wrong. We know that there have been those who have who have attacked churches. And so I'm I'm not sure but most of us will never experience that.
1: Right. Right, and to um, to just keep in mind the the opportunities that we have, but then to use them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Do you know what Where I much mean? Much is given, much is expected. Exactly. And, and, and to be using that for the way that God's called us to use it is, is a is a powerful thing. And you know, I, I've been speaking a lot in generalities. And I, I try not to do that, but but it's hard not to in this one because I actually. You know, when when it comes to my experience with short term trips, I've been in a couple of places where where the church um, was persecuted a little bit, but not in the significance that that some of these other countries are facing. You know, and and we especially look at those. You know, I hate to say that top five list because you know you start going down. And there's mm-hmm. we could go country to country to country, and it, there's just so much persecution that's happening to believers, and, and just again people of faith all over the world. Um, but you know, I I, I just haven't had a, a front door experience there. Now, when I was in seminary, uh, our the married housing, which which Krista and I, and uh, two of our kids at the time, um, uh, Will wasn't born yet, lived in. There were people there uh, from persecuted uh, church, you know, countries mm-hmm. who were studying to go back to their country and be uh, better equipped to help local pastors and so forth. Um, for their church, for the church to to expand and 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 make a difference in the country in which they lived, and um, man, the stories I heard were just amazing. And, and I can remember coming home after one of the classes, and you know, this would have been, you know, this would have been my goodness, almost twenty years ago now. And one of the individuals was from China, and he had been able to come over, and I'm not even sure how he was able to do it, to be honest with you. Um, but he was going to go back, and and you know, his whole goal was to to equip. Pastors who would never have the availability to do what he just did by going to school at the seminary I was at uh, and equip them, yeah. and, you know. And so when I when I started hearing about the the persecution of the church in China, I always wonder, you know, is, is that him? Is that his family? He had just had a baby, you know, his wife did, and so here is this little baby and they're going back, and I'm thinking, oh goodness.
1: And we we distance it, right? We distance what's happening, but in that opportunity that you had, God personalized it for you, and so it can remain on your heart. And I think that is so important, is to remember that um, these are real stories of people that are going in and fighting these battles every single day. And so uh, I appreciate how you said sometimes we can grow weary in one day, but yet to remember the strength, where we should get our strength, first of all, and then remembering where they get their strength as they go through day to day to day. And some of it is through the people who are praying, because that's what God calls us to do.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, it's humbling to read some of their prayer requests. So I I remember, it must have been a couple weeks ago, I was praying over a family who had lost their home in Indonesia. Um, And they had lost it, and and the reality of it was, you know, it wasn't because of persecution. It was a storm. Um, But because they were known to be Christians in the village, no one was going to help them rebuild their home. And uh, and so that was the persecution, right? Where other homes were being rebuilt, theirs wasn't. And, And of course, they prayed that they would be able to reestablished our home. But part of the prayer was, you know, we we store things here that we take to other believers who need help, Mm -hmm. and we have nowhere to store it now. And I thought, you know, if someone said to me, you know, give three prayer requests of what you're going through right now, to think of the selflessness of of having that burden of saying, we don't know where we're going to store stuff anymore so that we can take to these people who need it. Um, it, it, it's humbling, and it's challenging, and it's refining, you know, of who I am in Christ. And, you know, it, it's not about being feeling guilty, it's about being inspired to act.
1: It's a selflessness that um, we're called to be, but I think when we find ourselves in the midst of, um, again, keeping a distance away from the things that are happening, we forget.
0: Absolutely. And
1: then we find ourselves, again, read the book of, you know, Timothy and even the third and fourth chapter, and he talks about how um, we've come to this place of being selfish and being lovers of selves and being, you know, all of those things, and it just it turns our mind to a different place, and and we forget.
0: Yeah, the discipline of praying over over you know the persecuted church for mm-hmm. me it is a way of making sure that I don't forget. Yeah, you know, I mean, I I think more than anything else, I think that's that's the. The power of prayer, too, you know, is that it, it changes me you know, as I pray and, and lift up my brothers and sisters in Christ elsewhere, and they're, they're on my mind a lot um, when you're praying, you know, making it a regular habit of praying for them. And not just praying again in generalities, but being a part of being able to get such amazing information. We live in such an amazing day where we can have these apps and so forth where, where needs can be brought to us immediately. And where answered prayer comes up, you know, and I, I like that. And, and there's someone that absolutely sent out and say, hey, you've been praying about this. This is how God answered it. And, you know, was praying for a particular nun, for instance, in, in a particular country in, in Africa that, that was abducted. And, you know, the, the, I don't know, a week or two later, uh, there was the answer to prayer. She had, been, she had been released, that she was, you know, back, um, that she was physically okay. And then, of course, pray for emotional healing. What was the prayer that was on there to continue to pray for that sister in Christ?
1: And you mentioned your friend in college, you know, as you continue to pray, I'm sure when he comes to mind it, it's a continuing thing. It didn't just stop at that moment. but I also think there was an obedience in encouraging him. So he came to this country. He was encouraged and he was he was um, strengthened, if you will, and empowered, To go back and do the things that he needed to do, but there were people around him here who could be uh, not missionaries in another place, but could be encouraging to that missionary who is here. So there are ways that we can help even when we're here in refreshing and encouraging and um, doing those kind of things to the people who are going back out.
0: Yeah, it. everyone should live sent lives. Mm-hmm. And what, sent, and what I mean by sent lives is everyday, Everybody should be an everyday missionary in the everyday mission field. Mm-hmm. You know where where do you live? Where you play? Where you go to work? Where you go to school? We we all understand that. Uh, but the other thing besides being sent is we we should be a part of sending. Mm-hmm. And, and and you know whether that's financial whether that's through prayer whether that's through encouragement, it, it's a way of, of just letting those who are on the front line. Uh, if you will, in some of these very difficult areas, no, you're not alone. You know, I, I'm not standing literally next to you. I'm standing behind you, but I am standing with you. And, 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 and I, I believe in what you're doing. You're not alone. The church and the world n- sees you and they care. And, and I think that's, that's, that's a, you know, we can say, well, that doesn't seem like it's enough. Well, it may, I don't know, but, but, but it's something. And, and if you were there, I think it's a lot of something. You know, I've heard people from the field say, you don't know what it means to know that there's people praying for me, that there's, you know, that there's people who care, that I know that although I can feel alone, God's with me, but so is the church, his global church is with me as well.
1: You know, I recently listened to a podcast um, that you did here with a uh, a group who did a mission trip, you know, for an orphanage here. And w- what I found really interesting in that is a woman walked by a house where women were holding babies, and she was called to something. And in obedience, she stepped out and did something about it. And then a decade later, there is an entire campus, and there are children from babies on up being um, helped and being educated, and that's what God does. So in the obedience and through the prayer and through the guidance, he does amazing things, and so to to be reminded of that as well.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's just a statement that we, we all we all can't do everything, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean we shouldn't do something we can do. Yeah, and, and you know, and I think with the with, you know, may, maybe maybe um, uh, what those who are listening when they think of the persecuted church, they go, you know, I have limited time, I have a focus on it. That's great, and and everyone has a call, um, but I would just encourage everyone who's listening. Um, do you have a little bit of time? Uh, just to to, to begin, if nothing else, to say, I'm going to start with prayer and and just see where God takes me in this. And again, I'll just uh, shout out the three apps that I use. I'm sure there's other ones out there, but they're just the three that that I have on my phone that I use regularly, the Voice of the Martyrs, Open Doors, and the Joshua Project with their Unreached of the Day. And um, yeah, I I just hope that this podcast has maybe encouraged you, uh, maybe challenged you a little bit. Um hopefully, if nothing else, join with me in praying. In fact, uh, right now, let me just pray for our brothers and sisters in other places, and then we'll, we'll wrap up this podcast. Uh, if you're driving, don't close your eyes. Father God, I, I do ask that you would be with our brothers and sisters uh, throughout the world who are facing... Um, significant persecution. Uh, that word significant, I, I don't even know how to really define that, but but significant persecution, Lord, that you would just be an encouragement to them, that they would know there's brothers and sisters throughout the world who cares, who sees them, who is standing behind them, um, lifting them up to you and, and being involved in other ways that you lead us. Uh, I ask that you would, especially as, as I think of those uh, who were who their life is in jeopardy just by gathering to worship you, I thank you for the example of their faith, but I pray, Lord, that in the midst of all these things, that you would continue to strengthen them, that you would allow them to to grow deeper with you, and that the church would expand. Uh, I think of, our, of the history of the church, and, and at, at some point within the Roman Empire, historians uh, sort of disagree when exactly it happened, but at some point— um, there were more Christians in that empire than there seemed not to be, and uh, to, to the point to where a leader said, hey, look, we're, we're a Christian empire. And, Lord, it's, it's not about declaring people Christian. It's about acknowledging what was already happening, that, that an empire that had been very um, n- negative, to say the least, uh, toward believers um, – we're not positive. We're not encouraging the church to grow. In fact, the church was operating in, in people's homes. Like in many parts of the world, it was illegal to have a church and all those type of things. But at some point, what turned it around uh, was the fact that just people came to Christ. And, and I do think of a place like Iran, where the fastest-growing church in the world, where, where that doesn't make sense on the books, but it makes a lot of sense when you look at the book, when we look at the your word, and it talks about what, what you can do um, that that mere people can't, you know, without you and 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 Lord, again, you move mountains, and so we just pray that that you would just spark within us a desire uh, to to care for those who who desperately need to know that their brothers and sisters in Christ elsewhere um, see them, love them, are behind them, and we give you the praise and the glory because more important than anything else, you are there, you are working, um, you are on the scene. And you are directing them, and so Lord, we give you the praise and the glory for that. In Christ's name, Amen. Amen. Well, buddy, thank you for being here. Um, do me a favor if, if you're uh, listening to this, uh, you know, give us a give us a like, uh, maybe maybe forward this podcast on to someone else. Uh, let let others know that this podcast even exists. Uh, you you can comment to us by going to crosswinds.church. Church. We just appreciate so much you taking valuable time out of your schedule to allow us to invade for a little bit and week after week to be able to, to discuss things that we hope um, encourage you uh, and motivate you. Uh, we hope it is fun and accessible. But as always, I just want you to know, be blessed and make sure you're, you're not just blessed, but using those blessings to bless others.